That's just the way it is. But sometimes you have to wonder, what if we could change the past when something bad happens? Would that always be a good thing? For instance, what if that baby had lived? David and Bathsheba had another son later, you know. His name was Solomon, and he became the wisest of all kings— There's a story about how two women once came to his court, both of them claiming to be the mother of a baby boy. He listened to the women and announced that he couldn't decide who the real mother was. So he ordered his men to cut the child in two and give half to each woman. Oh, great, Zack complained. Another baby gets whacked. Well, no, because one of the women pleaded with the king not to kill the boy. Let her have the child, she said. And you know what happened? No, the boys answered dutifully. Solomon said he knew that she was the real mother because she would rather have lost her baby than let him be hurt. So he gave her the child. It was a test. Pretty smart, Zack conceded. Yes, it was, Carp said. But more than that were the larger concepts we got from Solomon that became part of the foundation of Western law and civilization. In this case, holding impartial hearings to weigh the evidence in front of wise people in the community to settle disputes with justice. But getting back to your question, Zack, what if the first son of David and Bathsheba had lived and became the next king of Israel? Maybe we would have never even heard of Solomon. And would the first child have been as good a king? Would he have been fair and wise? Or would he have waged unjust wars, murdered innocent people, and made life-and-death decisions according to his whims, Would the world we live in today be worse or better? Carp paused. There was a time he didn't believe what he was telling the boys, and he wasn't sure of it even now. So maybe in the economy of the world, he closed his eyes and tried to recall an image of his mother before the disease, her smile and laughter. Maybe there is a reason why bad things happen to good people, even if it also hurts the people who love them. He opened his eyes. The facades of the taller buildings in the financial center that faced the sun were anointed in a golden glow as befitted the financial capital of the world, the windows reflecting the ending of the day like newly minted bullion. Rising from the streets and sidewalks, the symphony of traffic the underground rumbling of the subways, the laughter, shouts, and conversations of eight million people blended together into a constant hum as though the breathing of a single enormous creature, so full of energy and life that it had been able to absorb a wound like September 11th, 2001, and, while vowing never to forget, became even more than it had been, stronger, better. Carp loved his city, and yet he was grateful for the little harbor out of the storm that was Crosby Street, where he and his family lived in a loft on the top floor of a five-story brick building built around the turn of the century. He liked the look of his hood, as the boys called it, a throwback to another time. 
Still paved with cobblestones, Crosby was almost more of an alley than a street, too narrow for delivery trucks to drive past each other without one climbing up on the curb. Rickety old fire escapes clung to the sides of the buildings like steel insects trying to look in the windows, and it wasn't hard to imagine the days before dryers, when clotheslines filled with the day's wash would have been hung between them. The street-level and walk-down shops still retain some of the street's old flavor, like Anthony's Best Shoe Repair and Madame Celeste's Tarot Parlor and Piercing Studio, free reading with navel or nipple piercing. Other businesses reflected the ever-changing ethnicity of the neighborhood. The bottom floor of his building was occupied by the Thai Vietnamese restaurant supply store, and still others reflected the times. Down a block was the housing...